Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Locks Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. Uh, we had uh, some tournaments go down last weekend, Silver Series, and there's also a, a, an A-tier that Paul and Calvin played, which is the only reason we'll talk about it. Um, but let's talk Music City Open first, um, unless there's something else y'all wanted to bring up. Anything fun happen over the weekend? Any disc golf? I played uh, individually. I, oh yeah, I, mean, I played some disc golf. I played disc golf too. I no, went let's to. Let's talk that first. This is actually pretty funny because I went to Falling Creek on Saturday. The wind was like non-existent. Beautiful day. That's rare. And yeah, very rare. And I went. We played the Red Baskets, and I was six under through four. I went oh, wow. birdie wow. eagle, birdie eagle through four holes. Wow. Guess what I finished at? Six under. Seven under. <laughs> <laughs> I was six under through four, eight under through ten, then finished at seven under. Dang. So that, because I was like, I finished those four holes and I was like, that wasn't even that hard. I threw a couple gr- good shots to get the eagles. They're pretty much birdies, but mm-hmm. that's just how that course is laid out. But I was like, like, how did we did a weekly here last year? How did I not do any better than seven under? Ah. There it is. <laughs> I think one of my worst rounds. You know, a grinding halt. I think one of my worst rounds out there. I was five down through five and finished plus ten. Holy <laughs> frick! That's a, that's impressive. I just stopped. I just stopped like birdieing. Yeah, all, yeah. Made a couple bogeys. Like, how was the? You were in Myrtle Beach this weekend. Yeah, I played Splinter City uh, because I played Splinters. Sakosti. I played Sakosti. There's two like main disc golf courses in Myrtle Beach. Both are played during the Myrtle Beach Open. Um, the, and, um, it's a cost. Is one of them like a golf course? No, not the two that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. The only golf, only one I'd ever heard of was like Tupelo Bay or something, but. Okay. Well, I've never, I've never played any names. I played Sakosti like a few months ago, um, uh, whenever I was down there with a group of friends. And so I was down there with a group of friends this past weekend and we played Splinter City. All the friends that I played with were very new to disc golf like third time playing but they're extremely into it heck yeah it was actually really fun because i got to kind of like like in the office i'm no, nothing special when it comes to disc golf but whenever i'm around a group of like all new, players, new people yeah. i'm like the stuff so as soon as i got there in the airbnb i was like, oh can i see like your disc i want to see what disc you guys have because mm. sometimes new players have like kind of sneaky, sneaky discs, yeah. yeah and they don't um, even know it i was like oh wait never mind never mind i'm gonna close my eyes put your disc in my hand and see if i can guess First disc, DX Rock. <laughs> so like, I would just, like literally guess like ten discs in a row without fail. I, f- I feel like exactly what happens what to me, and they were all like, "What? No way!" And I was like, "I mean, what I can I this. say?" I feel like what happens to me is when I see a new player's bag, they'll be going through it, and they'll be like, "Uh, yeah." And then and I'll like see one that's like so sick. It'll be like some like yeah. AJ Destroyer, and I'm like, yeah. like, "Dude, what? That's so sick!" Like, oh, I don't even throw that one. Like that one sucks. And I'm like, "No, it doesn't." And they'll be like, "Oh, what?" Like I like make them throw it. I'm like you yeah. need to make this part of your bag. Yeah, that's so funny. All right, back to my story. Um, so played at Splinter City. Um, very fun time. Went to a really cool disc golf shop. Um, that was awesome. And Heck yeah, uh, man, bought some bought two really old wizards that looked like they had been through it. Pretty cool. Do they flip? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, and then played, and I shot one under, and I felt like I did like. I, like I got a lot of bogeys. Oh, and but I just also got a lot of birdies. I, I did fine. Nice. The next person behind me in the group was like plus, plus twenty five, <laughs> plus twenty one. Yeah. Come on, man! You didn't have to. Do yeah, that. you didn't. Have to do that, Sorry, dude. you called him out. Really? I didn't say his name. Really, dude? Yeah. Really, you called Jake out his like that? His name was Jacob Daniel Long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
in much less important news, we did have the Music City. It was a Silver Series event that went down. Music City Open, uh, not a full field by any means, but there was still an overall solid field. Uh, Chris Dickerson was able to take it down over Adam Hammes in second and Lori Lettinen in third. And then on FPA, we had Missy Gannon taking down her first one of the year, Kat Mersh in second, and Macy Valadez came me, in third. Let me tell you what rubs me the wrong way about the Music City Open. Tell me what's rubs They've the wrong got way. like maybe one of the coolest, flashiest tournament names on Very the true. tour, and their courses they always play are bleh. Yeah, the course this it just week looked, wasn't... It looked very stale and vanilla. I saw some players complaining about it as well. It, just what, it was not impressing me. Design. I saw a lot of just like hole designs that... I, just, I don't know. I also they didn't saw have some, a lot of... They just didn't have a lot of structure. I saw some Nashville locals saying that they were like upset by... That they chose that course. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. The, not necessarily they chose the course, but like they didn't feel like it was a good representation of their community. Which I, I, it was just a few, a handful of locals I saw. You could have told me that was any random field in the middle of Iowa, and I'd have been like, "Yep." I feel like any course that's being played in the Music City Open should look like a hard rock. There should be neon lights (laughs) on the tee. Yeah, like there should be like the the all the tee post for the basket is like a guitar. guitar. (laughs) All the tee pads should be that like white and black checkered floor. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Come on, Music City. I mean, that'd be so fun. It doesn't matter how good the course is; it would look cool. (laughs) Aside from that, though, I mean, it would help if it was good. Um, Aside from that, well, it the. I watch a good bit of the coverage, and the the MPO was pretty typical. A lot of the MPO guys at the top played well, but like Dickerson played just as good, so he kind of just held on. There wasn't much of a story there. He's won. Is it both Silver Series? He's won two Silver he won Series. Belton and uh, those are the two Music that have City. happened so far, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's two Dickerson's for two on Silver, Silver Series. Series. Goat. Yeah, Chris I mean, Silver Series Dickerson. You're not gonna like when, when the killers aren't out. Like Dickerson is really good. Well, Dickerson, I think, fits into one of the killers. He is. That's what I'm saying. So the rest of them aren't out there. Like, how are you going to beat that guy? Yeah. And especially on a course where it was just kind of like execute your lines and make your putts and you're going to shoot well. The FPO, on the other hand, deep breath. Um, (laughs) It was tough to watch. Basically, the round started. There was a number of people in contention, even like even a good bit into the front nine. But then, like, people just slowly started dropping, specifically, like, Evelina and Henna very quickly because they still, like, Evelina can't putt. That's um, so shocking. It's, to me. it's like, crazy. Because here's the thing. She's I, never been, like, a great putter, but if you look in years past, she was... It's nuts. She dude. was She's got competent. the yips. She's got the yips. Yeah. It's, I mean, and as somebody who also, like, has had the most extreme putting yips, what, I, what typically happens is you get to, like, your rock bottom and you realize it can't get any more embarrassing than this, and then you slowly get better because you've already been to that rock bottom. You know what the embarrassment feels like. You're not scared of it. She just, like, is staying there. Like, she's missing just tapping putts. You can't win. And she the craziest thing is she's leading strokes gained. Yeah, she throws the green so every well. single time. Like. Mm. And I think that's probably what's getting her is knowing that all she needs is the putt and she'd be winning every single event or close to it. Um, really tough to watch, but really it was just a, it was a bummer because you had a lot of names that were in it, Missy being one of them. And then slowly but surely they just all just started taking huge numbers and just kind of falling away to where Missy was able to just, she kind of kept the wheels on and, and got her win. I'm good for Missy. I'm, I'm she, I mean, she had to, she had to do what she did. she, played consistently enough to win uh it, i'm glad she got a win on her resume this season that'll hopefully boost her confidence a bit because we've kind of been looking for her 
early this season and haven't really seen much of a presence yeah. from Missy. So, but FPO was it was rough to watch. Yeah. Well, speaking uh, speaking to the confidence, neither Missy or Chris won against a full field, but we are now two weeks out from the first major of the year. Yep. Uh, I'd have to double check myself on this. I actually will, um, but I don't think either Chris or Missy are playing the Tallahassee Open. Let me double check myself on that. But how much do you think that getting a win at a Silver Series, even though it's against not a full field, plays into the confidence as you head into the first major of the year? So it's a booster. It definitely like you feel good about yourself. Now I think I think the the stage is so different with a major. Like everybody's gonna feel pretty equal amounts of pressure just because like anytime there's a major tournament on the table like you're just gonna feel the gravity of that uh it being a new major that might differ a little bit might be a little bit different but no i mean it can't hurt i don't think it's like i don't think it's some huge because like like i think the only way you really get you get confidence from winning because your game had to be in somewhat good of shape to win yeah so you get that confidence like okay my game is in good shape um, but really, a lot of times the confidence you get is like when everybody's in the field is like if you're a Dickerson, you beat, you know, Ricky and Paul and you now, you know, I can beat those guys. Or or if you're Missy, you beat a Paige and a Cat and a Chris and you're like, OK, I can beat them. Like that's that's a big time confidence booster and they're not going to get that from wins like this. But um, although I the Belton one, Dickerson yeah, did yeah. beat people. Belton so was he a, has a full that. field. But um, for Missy, I think it's just more of like, uh, okay, like it's a good, it's just a good vibe going into the major for sure. It's a good, yeah. it's a good way to carry yourself into it. You're feeling good about yourself, but I feel like when you get to a major championship, everything kind of resets. Yeah. It's all of a sudden, everybody wants it so bad that all of a sudden it's like USDGC. There's all the, it's like with Paul going into USDGC. He hadn't been having that great of a season, but when you get to a major, the the platform just levels itself out, and it's anybody's game. Yeah, and like that's just kind of the way majors work because you know everybody wants it so bad. So, I yeah, I don't know if it's gonna make a huge impact. Yeah, I just feel like specifically because Chris had already gotten a Silver Series win, and he got a Silver Series win against a very strong field. Chris, I think, is looking great going to the first major. Yeah, I would for Missy specifically. Him. I feel like it's a relief to go ahead and get a win. Regardless, because by the end of the season, you're not going to be looking back at Music City and being like, oh, that was a crap field. Right. You're just going to be looking back at Music City and be like, oh, well, Missy did get a win at a Silver Series. So I think to get that offer back um, just kind of relieves pressure because she yeah. is a player that coming into the season had to be feeling some pressure after her performance at the end of last year. Of the year. Um, and then a side note, another point I noticed is the less than stellar start for Kevin Jones is continuing. So fourth place at Vegas. Yeah, great. he was there. Gosh. Good. Since then, he's went 21st, 24th, 23rd, and now 17th at Music 17th City. 17th at that Music City tournament. On that course in particular, because I would, I feel like that course plays pretty well to his strengths. It's kind of just a hit your lines. Like There's nothing too complex. At a course like that, the best disc golfers should rise to the top. Yeah. And like you saw that with Dickerson, Hammes. Like those were some of the better guys in the field. So Kevin Jones, I don't know what's going on with him. He's just not playing good golf. No, he's just not playing well. And, you know, he's been on like the fraud watch for years now because he's like, he is like Kevin Jones is Ricky Fowler in, on, in the PGA Tour where he is like a very likable guy and he's good enough that, that like 
everybody always has his name in their mouths because like they like you like to root for him. Like he's good, he's talented, but then he just like you kind of forget that he never really wins anything. No, he'll, Ricky, he'll find ways to sneak in right. enough to stay relevant, but he's never yeah. he's never he's never become that dominant force everyone expected yeah. when he was bursting out of the scene. And typically, like what will happen too, like in Ricky Fowler's case, is they'll win one event that's like very memorable. Ricky Fowler won the players quite a few years back, and like that sticks with them. Like I bet you, Kevin Jones will end up sneaking. He'll like win some big tournament. Like I mean, he he did he has a win right somewhere. I think he had a win, but um, I'll look it up. Well, to me, whenever I think Kevin Jones, I still am thinking like he used He's to be also known been competitive in like world championships. He used to be known as the USDGC guy. Like he would, you'd show up to USDGC and it was like Kevin Jones at that time. He was still with ProDiscus, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he was going to sneak on to like a lead or chase card for he like also, several years did he in win a row. The finale? Did he win the finale against Dickerson? Uh, I believe he won he it at one point. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He. He like randomly does pop up and really compete for certain events, but Kevin Jones is not the consistent like he top has, ten in the world guide you'd expect. So he has won uh, Green Mountain Championship and the Pro Tour Championship both in 2020, and then he won a Mid America Open. Um, it looks like he's also he Idlewild last year. Though. He also won Idlewild in 2019. Yeah, 2020 since 2020 he hasn't won anything. Yeah, so he's so yeah. with 2019 2020 he had a few wins. He's Never had an elite series win, quote unquote, because that's when the pro tours were just eight right. years. But, but we'll, we'll count all of those, obviously. Sure, yeah. So tour championship, Green Mountain, Mid America was just a silver series, and then uh, Idlewild. So he's won, yeah, tour championship, Mountain, Idlewild three. I and the thing is too, it's it's the thing about disc golf to where like if you're not, I have I'd have to go and dive into the statistics a bit more because if he's not, if your player isn't on coverage, it's tough to like say like what's going wrong with them. Um, and like we're not seeing a lot of Kevin Jones right now to where I can like pinpoint, ooh, he's just not really putting. So I'd have to look at his stats. Go ahead and see if you can find his UDIS stats and just see if there's anything that jump out on us. Cause like he he's known to be a semi streaky putter, but typically pretty decent with the putter. I don't I don't really know like where Kevin Jones game goes wrong per se. Do you guys want to hear something really weird? Sure. Yes. I had a dream last night. Oh my gosh. Where is this going? Uh that Everybody was freaking out about Kevin Jones. No, okay. it's so very weird on topic. I'm proud of you. Literally, I was gonna. This is what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was is, like, where no, is this? This is what going? I was gonna say before we started record filming. You know, I said destiny. I had a. Dr- Never mind. Yeah, I I didn't know we were gonna talk. That's about That's why this. I got scared when you brought it back up. I know, I know. I had a dream that everybody was freaking out about Kevin Jones, and I was just like, "What's everybody freaking out about? Like, he's he's fine. Like, he's dang Connor. And Get him. but like everybody was like, he was the buzz." So I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that he's about to win the major. What, yeah, whatever his next wow. event is that he's in, WR he's gonna Jackson. win. He might be playing the open at Tallahassee. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, if we look at his stats, what are we seeing here? He's leading circle two putts. So he's still doing that. Forty six percent. He's still real nasty with this. That's crazy. Circle high. one X putts seventy percent. Where's that? So seventy fourth. Yeah, okay. I mean, so not putting good. Fairway hits seventy six percent, which puts him in seventieth. That's so those bad. are his two bad. So he's not hitting fairways. And Circle one X and fairway hit. What's his like C one regulation? Twentieth place, forty one percent. So that's he's not making everything putts. else. He's just kind of around. So thirteenth. 13th place parked, 20th circle one in regulation, 29th circle two in regulation, 19th birdie percentage, 24th scramble rate, 74th circle one putts, first place circle two putts, 70th place fairway Not hits. making a C1 putt. So he's not hitting fairways and he's not he's making not putts. fairways. There so it is. I just, that just sounds like bad disc golf when you put it that way. You're yeah. not throwing, you're not putting. Uh, I believe that's for Music City. I don't think... Can I go full 22? Oh, yeah, give me... I thought that was the full thing. Oh, my bad. <laughs> that's well, I, like... 
Okay, yeah. What's his? What's it been for the year? Okay, here we Circle go. Circle two putt. Sorry, <laughs> this changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fairway hits fifteenth for the year. Okay, so not bad. Tenth parked place. The, I'm just gonna give you the places, not percentages. Okay. Circle one in regulation eighteenth. Circle two in regulation sixteenth. Birdie percentage thirteenth. Scramble thirty eighth. That's his okay, worst. So you can't scramble. Circle one X putt twenty fourth. Still not very good. Circle two putt thirty third. At twenty four percent, so the putt's not great, but it se- it seems like he just doesn't have anything. Nothing. In, he's not doing anything out. great. Yeah, he's just doing everything he's mediocre, mediocre, and he's golf. not getting up and down, which just explains why he's finishing like around twentieth. Yeah, yeah. That's he's just not. He's not doing anything super well, and he's not doing anything awful. I would say scrambles pretty bad. Forty five percent. That surprises me for him. I don't. I feel like he should be crafty. He's tenth in the tour ranking, so that's good at least. But. Yeah, Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. Wait, it's at? just like Kevin Jones is like a name that you want to throw into the powerhouse category. You want to be and like people do. People get yeah. mad when you don't, but I mean the numbers don't lie. Numbers don't he, lie. He's not. He's not in the powerhouse category. You have a hard time arguing him. I think you could put him into your top ten, but not for much longer if he keeps his play up because twenty first, twenty fourth, twenty third, and seventeenth, and two of those, those are silver series. To ten man. Those Two of those are silver series. Fourth place at Vegas definitely gives him some bonus points, but Vegas is also that fraud event it where fraud event. you have to combine Vegas and Waco to get a good test, and that's fourth and 21st for Kevin Jones because Vegas itself is just a wide-open golf course to start the season off, and so yeah. there's always players that finish really high at Vegas, and then you just never hear from again. Yeah, That might be Kevin Jones this year, unfortunately. Is Kevin Jones just a wide open course merchant? He can't do anything else. We'll have to we'll have to see. A good test of that will be the major because it requires distance and accuracy, and it's in the woods. Yeah, WR is. Oof. Another pretty big storyline that came out of this um, took a little bit of sleuthing to figure out exactly what was Ooh. going down. Uh, they didn't take that much sleuthing. sleuthing. There's just a lot of threads no, asking credit. what the heck happened. Makes it way and, more exciting though whenever you say that. Okay, they yeah. took some sleuthing to figure out. So Joel Freeman, <laughs> even say you had to like find like some crazy source or something. Like you can really, no, I didn't. You can hype yourself up. I just had to go through scrub through coverage until I web? found the exact moment. Okay. But uh, Joel Freeman made an Instagram post. Oh, and he said yesterday was a unique experience out on the course between the poor course design, a few accusations, misunderstandings and discrepancies I did not walk off the course with the score I deserved I played really well but obviously my score didn't show it I've accepted it and moved on with a strong finish I can still make something out of this tournament what this is after like round two this is after round two so uh dang Joel if you look at if you watch the coverage the main incident that happened I'm sure this is kind of what made the rest of the round like awkward or more things go on was on hole 11 his shot for um, it was his approach to get a birdie on a par four was about 25 feet away from the basket, mm-hmm. but it was in this super thick, thorny bush. Yeah, there's a lot of spots like that. Uh, very cl- Again, 25 feet of the basket. Yeah. So that's where the course design came in because he explained himself farther down. He said there's a lot of spots where in well inside circle there's one, so many of them. there was a lot of brush and stuff like that. And yeah. he felt like that was just really bad course design because you could be inside the circle, throw a decent shot, yeah. obviously, and have not not even like a... Oh, I have an obstructed putt, but you don't have a putt. Yeah. Um, and so essentially, this is from Nathan Queen's perspective on the situation. So Joel Freeman was in some awfully thick thorns and brush about 25 feet from the basket on hole 11. Uh, after trying to get in it, you can see this on coverage. He came up to the group and claims, hey, I can't get to my lie. I want casual relief for it being unplayable. In Nathan, Queen, Nathan Queen's words, he said he looked at it and said, I could get to that thing in 15 seconds. Is what Nathan Queen said. I believe him. So honestly. then they talked about it. It didn't look like they deliberated long near Joel, but they walked away. And Nathan Queen said they were still deliberating, like, 
I we all the card was coming to the conclusion we feel like you can get to that lie. Yeah. While they walked away, Joel goes ahead and takes casual relief farther oh, back. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Uh, so the group kind of told him, like, I feel like you could get, easily get to it, but they didn't give him, like, an official thing. Joel went ahead and took casual relief back, threw it uh, just out, and then tapped out his four. Uh, the TD was at the next hole. So they the uh, re- group brought it to the TD as, like, hey, we because it wasn't yeah, the, the thorns weren't yourself. marked as casual relief area. So the only way it would have been if the group said it's unplayable, then he could have got casual relief. Um, and so they said they told the TD like, "Hey, we we thought the lie was playable. He took casual relief back, so misplaced. So they stroked him for that. So he took a five on that hole instead of a four. Yeah. Uh, so that is essentially so. Yeah, that is essentially what went down behind Joel Freeman's post. A lot of people just saw the post and like obviously that post was kind of cryptic. Like, what yeah. the heck happened? It seemed like a little bit of a just like a misunderstanding of some sorts for, for on Joel's part. Um, but yeah, I mean, if your if your card says your lie is playable, there's not too much more you can do. It did look like well, a it's very weird. unfortunate lie. Like it's, a, it's a lie that probably shouldn't have happened. And B, I can see where he would have said it's unplayable. But for someone to walk up and be like, I get in there in 15 seconds, and then the rest of the card be like, "Yeah, I think you can get in there." Then, yeah. like, you you, you got to sacrifice like a the body and get in there. Claim. Well, especially because like even when you took casual, you're still just pitching up and like tapping out. It's not even like you're getting yourself a putt. So like, no, he didn't give himself a. It wasn't like he gave himself a putt, right? Or like a, so that's a why lie. that's what makes me be like, okay, it's not like completely malicious on Joel's part, but at the same time, like I'd have to see it. I'd have to see it. It's one yeah. of those you had to be there situations, but I don't know. You do like I there's there's seldom a lie you can't get to. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, I mean, the fact that that's that close to the basket, what there isn't a, a ply that was or a lie that is like even close to unplayable, that's bad course design. Yeah, it was, it was a tough I situation. saw too many of those. I saw too many shots where like I saw Missy throw a couple to where it's like she's literally 30 feet away and she's having to like scramble pitch out like and has no look at the basket. I'm like, that's yeah, not great. Yeah, it's tough. Um, the one final thing from the coverage before we talk about throw down the mountain really quick was in the final round when I had hopped on the coverage, apparently, I don't know if you saw this part, but apparently at some point, someone on the card did warn Nico for a time violation. Oh, I yeah, so I did see this. Um, who who warned him? Did they Was it clear on coverage who I, it was? Or was it just kind of... I heard them consensus? talking about it. I heard them talking about it. I, I don't want to name a name because I can't remember yeah. specifically who it was. But I do remember like seeing kind of a go down because I tell you, I've never been like super, super heavy on the like Nico takes too long train because I've I mean, I've seen him in person. I've watched a lot of Nico and like usually what people complain about, I'm like, okay, but like what what does that extra 15 seconds matter? And people like get a little over dramatic and like exaggerate the amount of time it took. I will say this. I saw some pretty crazy stuff. First of all, he had this putting routine going on where he would have his lie and line up next to it. Oh, this one when he was he was uh, like this one, which maybe this is genius, but he would have his lie and he would walk back and and line up his putt about fifteen feet behind it, and then walk up to his lie and then do his routine. And his routine is just crazy slow. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm wondering if it that was, is like an adjustment crazy. he made. If like he's trying to say I didn't address my lie yet. So it allows him oh, more time to like... Because what I noticed was That's, he was practicing a step putt and he had his lie marked here and he was like 10 feet to the right step putting. Getting around it. And like doing that. 
and then he walked up to his lie and then did his routine. And if you mark, if you thought once he got to his lie in this one case, there were some cases where yeah, he was at his lie for like close to a minute. But if you this one case, I like was just counting in my head. And once he got to his lie, it yeah. was less than 30 seconds. Right. If you factor the whole thing, it was like 45 to a minute. That makes sense. So I'm wondering if it's like that. his way around it of like, I didn't address my lie yet. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was fascinating to me was someone had the stones to give him the warning. But then after the warning, multiple times, it was still over the 30 second a lot of time. Nobody seconded The commentary. It? No, not a second. The second or on a, nobody, if, if like there's a warning nobody no one nobody stroked him again yeah no one gave him the second warning that would give him the stroke yeah because uh the commentary team brought it up as the like they're like i think it was charlie said something about i'm shocked that no one just called him you know they already warned him earlier in the round and that was well over 30 seconds pushing yeah. close to a minute and no one called the him crazy on. thing the crazy thing is like it's basically it comes down to the player who's in violation just being so inconsiderate because to make another player in your card have to go out of their own way when they're trying to play their tournament and call you like that's that's super unfortunate they even have to do that like they're they're trying to focus on their game yeah. like stand and now they've got to like get in this kind of awkward confrontation and call you and stroke you on time like that's it like golf has an there's but always, the other thing is if no one ever does it why would he change. No, I agree, but I'm just saying it's I think an awkward situation. The problem, but yeah, like, the problem like golf, it will always be somewhat of a gentleman's game, and like it, it's just a bummer when somebody is like going to put people in that spot. And I agree, like somebody's going to have to do it. But at the end of the day, like I don't blame people when they don't because I'm like it, it's, I wouldn't. I would have a hard yeah, time. It's doing so it. it's so awkward, and like you're trying to play your tournament, and you're probably just thinking to yourself, all right, just ignore it, stay in your zone. Like and you would think the warning literally would be a good warning for you to be like okay I need yeah. to pay more attention to this the rest of the tournament. I think it's just something where like he's not. I don't think he, he knows he's taking that much time. Yeah, I think like he just I think had, it's just I think he, he blacks he had, out. A he's bit. trying to just pull the trigger on a putt, and he's yeah. so focused on the putt that he has no idea he's been there for a minute. Yeah, I think like I, it doesn't. Nico doesn't strike me as the guy who's like intentionally like going past. I think it bothers him when people talk about him going past it more than anything. Yeah. So I don't think it's something where he like is sitting there and he knows in his head like, all right, there's 45 seconds. All right, we gotta we gotta push this to a minute. Like he's just sitting there trying to like, all right, here we go, here we go. Whatever's going through his head to get himself mentally yeah. prepared for that moment, mm-hmm. and he just has no idea. Like I I would bet if you showed him a footage because there's a v- clip of him in Waco where he sat at a putt for a minute and a half before he putted. Yeah, he probably, legitimately he probably 90 seconds. Know. If you showed it to him, like, dude, just watch yourself putt. Yeah. 90 seconds, he'd probably be like, holy crap. There's two types of people mm-hmm. with putting yips. There's the type that solve their yips by, like, just putting really quickly. Like I've always a, been that type of guy. Coaling. Yeah, big germ. Those are people that are kind of aware of it. Like, I've always been that type of guy. If I have the yips, I'm not standing over the putt any longer than I need to. I need to get that. I know that I need to get that putt out of my hand before I just get too overthinky with it. Mm-hmm. But... And there are guys like like Nico and like I guess Gannon kind of had it a little bit last year, although he was good at putting. He just took a while. Nico's um, good at putting too. Yeah, well, he's streaky. He's yeah, streaky. he's he's streaky, but but um, he's a for similar the most thing part. To he's fine at putting, but he yeah he, he just like kind of gets into that zone, and yeah, he just people that have that kind of yips are the type of people that are so worried about missing the putt, like they're so worried about not focusing enough that they're like they just need. To like make sure that their putting stroke is perfect and like everything is perfect like it's just a different approach to putting and it's a tough one to solve it really is you have to change your entire routine and like it'll be interesting it for some people if it comes to a head at some point this season 
what happens. The problem is, one of these days, somebody on his card is going to be a little more fiery of a, an individual, and they're going to be already having a bad day, and then we're going to see some... We're well, see the some question more is like, is it going to be is it going to be a Drew Gibson Gannon Burr scenario where they're battling it out like they were at the Pro Tour Championship and Drew called him on it and it was almost not really like a chess match because Drew called him the right, right thing but it's someone who's in contention it's like hey you're not getting this advantage over me yeah that situation I think causes a lot more tension than a situation of I'm on I'm on the lead card I've already blown up I'm having an awful day. And now I'm calling Connor on it because Connor's yeah. doing it. Like it's a lot more tense if Connor and I are back and forth for the lead, and I'm like, Connor, you just took 45 yeah. seconds, man. It's just a, it's mm-hmm. always it's always a point of contention in any golf sport when people are taking too long. It yeah. always is. It just should be something where the pro tour is aware of it, and someone is just going by and checking on it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a whole six, one of the a marshals out there, and is just watching it. And if Nico takes too long on hole six, or not just Nico, it goes for the whole field. If anyone takes too long on a certain card or whatever, then they're on it. And they're like, hey, speed it up. Consider this is a warning. This is your first warning. We'll, you know, we'll check back in periodically throughout the round. If we see it again, you're stroked. Yeah. And like a marshal for the tournament can do that. And so I think that's the best scenario is like just have some type of like checkpoint going on where someone's just watching. Yeah. Maybe they're at a spot where they can watch two or three holes and just make sure people aren't taking too long on their putts and just for the whole field. Cause the other thing too is Nico's someone that gets talked about a lot because he's on coverage a lot right? because no, he's I'm, been, it happens all over yeah. the place. And yeah. so yes, like it might be, it's something where, and Gannon recently has been talked about quite a bit. Um, he's gotten better this season, yeah. but previously he was also, but it, it's tough scenario for Nico because he's been at the top of the game since 09, right? Yeah. 09 oh, was like best. Even, so yeah. 13, 14 plus years, he's been on so many lead cards that like everyone has all this data on Nico. The other thing is, and he, it's like he hasn't always even been like that. No, there was other too. issues previously, but I'm just saying like he's yeah he's, he's always, always been, been someone who people are bringing stuff up on that happens to the entire field. Yeah. It's just like Nico's the one who everyone's eyes are on so much but i think that there needs to be solutions that not that might be like the nico clause quote unquote but applies to the whole kind of like the lloyd weema rule where what's the lloyd weema rule where they made the uh, oh the the uh, bottom cap the bottom cap yeah like the lloyd weema rule where it wasn't just lloyd weema but he was the one who like kind of made it have to happen yeah it's not just nico but i think nico is the one who's making it kind of something has to happen type of a thing uh there also went down this weekend throw down the mountain um, I totally forgot about that. It's just an A tier. Yeah. Uh, not a strong field by any means, but Paul and Calvin were there. Both of them, this is their last tournament before the major. So I wanted to bring that up again because Paul was able to beat Calvin by one. Micah Groff came in third in MPO. Yeah, this is different than the other situation. Yeah. This is actually very important. This one, I think, is a big confidence boost for Paul as we approach the yeah. major. Because it wasn't a strong field in any division, in either division, MPO or FPO. Because um, FPO... Page and Cat didn't play any tournaments, and then most of the Pro Tour players were at Music City, yeah. anyone who was playing. Uh, but an MPO, to have Paul and Calvin both in an event and Paul win the last one, heading into... That's uh, a good leg up to have. Yeah, it's just something... It, Calvin's the courses, a hot player right now. Courses aren't like a super good comparison to WR Jackson or anything like that. No course really is. Um, but just in general, having that be the last thing on your mind where, hey, I just went out and beat Calvin. That's something that's good for Paul and then either makes Calvin hungrier or it's just something in the back of his head like, ah, Paul got me again. Yeah. I don't know. Just something I thought I'd bring up there since that tournament did happen. It was just an A tier. We didn't really, I didn't watch any of the coverage. I'm assuming there was coverage. I think this golf guy was there. 
But um, yeah, something to bring up there. So as uh, with that being said, it's time for the fan favorite fan favorite segment, Trevor's trivia. Words oh. are hard sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, he's right. bringing out he's a bringing laptop. Out the laptop. <laughs> Woo! I've got like a little, a little fun uh, team game for y'all to play. And then oh, that's fun. Have an opportunity to see if our uh, our listeners can then beat your score. So they can. There's this quiz website <laughs> called Sporacle. I don't know if you've ever done it. You probably have done these quizzes, but tip, a lot of the quizzes on here, they'll give you like a list of things, and then you have to see how many of that list you can fill out in the time. Like it'll be like Taylor Swift songs, and like there'll be a blank for every single one, and like how many can you type in before the time runs out? There'll be a blank space, if you will. There you And you just got to write your name. Love it. Um, so <laughs> this one, and this game actually defaults with a... Um, fifteen minute timer. Obviously, we're not going to do that. We'll do we'll do two minutes, and it, this. Let's is, just do this, fifteen. Let's not. <laughs> let's just take up a fourth of the podcast with this. This is a uh, this is a list of every single in of a disc. Okay, Ooh. every single one. Are we limited there's by how fast you can type? There's ninety eight on here. Well, listen. Or we're just setting the score. This is how this is going to work. Is you you're going to go? You have to go back and forth. So if if Connor, we're on a team, if Connor eventually gets yes, but if Connor eventually gets stumped, no hints, no nothing. Or if you eventually get stumped, no hints, no we're nothing. Good. We got this. Um, so we have to name every I single sh- innovative disc ever, ever made. You see how many you can get. Just see how many you can get. Is and there I'll, like an error for getting one wrong? How, how would you get one wrong? I'm just I don't know if, if you're like, was this a disc? And you're like, no, is it just over? Well, if I type, no, I don't think it'll be over. Are you typing them in? I'm typing them in. I can type pretty fast, and innovative disc names aren't that crazy. Okay. But um, but we do have to rely on your spelling. Yeah, I guess so. Like how many E's are in Banshee? I guess so. Two of them. That's the first right. one right there. All right. We're going to start with Hunter. Go. Banshee. Cheetah. Firebird. King Cobra. <laughs> Aviar. Wombat. Wombat 3. Rock. Rock 3. Shark. Shark 3. T-Bird. T-Bird 3. This is a great way. This is a great way. Yeah, to do you this. keep going though. Um, uh, AVR. I already said that. Oh shoot. AVR three. Nah. <laughs> uh, leopard. Leopard three. TL. TL three. Uh, FL. There's an FL. There S- is an FL. SL. Mm, savant. Ooh, Thunderbird. Destroyer. It did not have the savant in there for some reason. That's strange. Destroyer. Destroyer. Wraith. Excalibur. We're yeah. not even a minute into this yet. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, Mako. Mako 3. There we go. Um, the Panther. V-Cobra. That's a good one. Ooh. The V-Rock. The Ooh. Lion. Same disc. Nice, nice. <laughs> they didn't have the, um, on the Lion. This one's going to be that updated. Um, all right, Connor, just calm down a little bit. Okay. Oh, the Viking. The Monster. The Vulcan. Nice. Really good one. I'm really impressed. Uh, I'm somewhat caught eagle. up here. Dragon. Ooh. Wahoo. Ooh. Um, Sonic. Whip it. Whip it. Um, this is, you guys are doing pretty good. The whale. The Nova. The arrow. It's a great one. Uh, the XD. The. Okay, now we're now we're now getting, getting now there. we're getting tough. Um, the Nexus Firefly, the Yeti Aviar. Oh, the JK Aviar. 
I don't know if those are going to be in there. Well, right. those are different molds. Oh, though. they are actually. Yeah. Uh, the pig. Time's up. The rhino. Dang it. So we didn't all get right. all of them because we no. still had to see. So but we did. We did pretty we dang good. Rhino. We didn't get stumped. Rhino X. You got thirty nine out of ninety eight. Um, oh. And only two minutes though. <laughs> they they have fifteen minutes yeah. to do that. So no, we could have so got all ninety. If you want to do this, we could have got close. If you want to do this for real, like find the quiz on Sporacle. It's just called Innova Disc Golf Discs, and give yourself two minutes. You guys did really well with the mids and the putters. That was so much fun. And the fairways. <laughs> the distance drivers is where you were lacking. Yeah, we did kind of stop. There's like a history. lot missing in the distance drivers. So like we didn't get Boss Corvette. Um, the T Devil, T Devil. Mm. Oh, I forget about the T Devil. You didn't get like Road Runner side. Yeah, wind yeah. yeah. We didn't get. Right. We didn't get a lot. Of you guys did pretty. Speeds. You named a lot the of beasts. Like, really we didn't even get to the beast. We, I mean, we the V Cobra came out pretty quick there. That's a fun. That's a pretty no, fun the, time though. The King Cobra, I said King Cobra was like one of the first out. The V Cobra took a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think King Cobra was on. So here. we said more than we're on there because the Savant I, wasn't I think, on there. King Cobra was. So you actually had forty. You had forty. What up? I think I mistyped that. But um. Well. No, because the uh, Savant wasn't on there. The Lion wasn't well, on there. Well, this list, though, they're going to be using the same list. <laughs> I mean, we had, we had. There like, was, I think, there was like two or three. Forty-three. <laughs> okay, I actually. So it, on this one, it gives you the flight numbers. I mean, so oh, that make it, it even would, easier. Well, yeah. So well, people could just look at it and just read the flight numbers. If you gave yeah, me the flight you number can't list, use yeah, the flight I numbers. Agree. If you're, if you're, it would be cheating. Well, Although, how are they not going to use the, the flight the numbers? The only problem with the have a friend read it to you like no. I just did. The only, be the only thing with one, the flight numbers though, find a friend. <laughs> here's what it would do with the flight numbers. It would get you stuck on ones. You would no. start staring for like five minutes. Well, if like, I had I 15 minutes, is. I would just go through and just start. And then like once I got stuck, I'd just be looking at what is a 13 whatever you're, strike. You're good. Strikes mm-hmm. in there. You're good. I think I could do a ball. Now, in 15 minutes, you definitely could. Yeah, 15 well, minutes is a long time. I don't time. know though because eventually you'll run into, there's probably one that you just don't That's know. That's what I'm saying. I, it'd be hard though. We we'll, didn't say the wolf. We'll have to check it out then. Yeah. We'll have to see how many. We'll all the look stingray. at it later and see how many we can get. Stingray. No, we didn't get to Stingray. I, we said the weirdest ones. We'll we try, we'll try and fill ones. it out later and see if we can actually get them all. Maybe we'll do it on live and then help have the live stream help us find them. That was Maybe. really fun. That was a good time. That was a really good game, Trevor. Good job. The sporacle quizzes like that are really, they're a really good time. That was awesome. All right. Let's go uh, the Pro Tour points. We haven't looked at that in a little bit. Um little points update. Yeah, I just want to kind of look through where people are at. So let's start with FPO. I'm going to read the top. Uh, we'll go top five FPO, and then I'll read who's on the bubble, which would be 16th in FPO, um, assuming they keep it the same this year. I think they are. There's no reason to believe they aren't, so we'll go 16 FPO. So top five for FPO, we have Katrina Allen with a 42 point, no, 22 point. Come on, Hunter. What the? 22 point lead <laughs> over Kristen Tatar. Uh, Paige Pierce is 16 points back of Kristen. Kat Mersch is 41 points back of Paige. And then Valerie Mandahano is 11 points back of Kat Mersch. That's surprising, it but it's because she hasn't played many events yet. Is it like a crazy drop at some point? Um, No. It's That's pretty smooth now. Well, I guess there can't be really. All right, so it's the like, players... It's pretty consistent. So 16th five. is the cut, so I'll go 14th through 18th. We'll kind of be the, the bubble players right now. We have Ella Hansen in 14th, Emily Beach in 15th, Sarah Hokum in 16th, Lisa Fakus in 17th, Dude, 10 points Sarah out Hogan, right now where is she been? in 16th. Uh, 17th, Lisa Vegas <laughs> Lisa is 10 points outside of the cut. And then Holly Finley is 26 Holly points. Finley, there's another outside one who of the could cut. have won yesterday. She was right there and then just exploded. Kona Panis is currently 
33 points. Out, 32 points outside of the Kona finale Panis right now. got to make that cut. Yeah. Godsta. I feel like Kona Panis is like, she's her whole season is going to set up for like a redemption arc when she wins the finale. Like she's going to just scrap her way but through But she's got to get play. to the finale. I know. That's what I'm saying. She's got to make sure she's there. Uh, on it the, feels like a likely storyline. Yeah, it does. It does. Like she's just like, because you can like, you can totally finesse a win in the Pro Tour Championship. Yeah. I mean, look what Nathan Queen did. Like, he he wouldn't he what did he do all year and then like you bracket play just has a way of like doing that for you mm-hmm. so you just got to get there yeah you got a shot uh on the mpo we'll go we'll read the top 10 and then i'll do the same thing there's the top 32 is the cut line so first place i'm gonna just go points for the top five and then let's read the names down to 10 okay. uh ricky has 218 points calvin heimberg is at 207 chris dickerson is at 202 Paul McBeth currently is at 172 because he didn't play Vegas, Vegas and then he skipped the Silver Series this weekend. I'm assuming this already has Music City in. It might not, though. This is pretty fast. It probably um, does. So Paul's currently, what is that? Nearly 50 points back, 46 points back of Ricky currently. Yeah. Uh, Gannon Burr, only 0. 0.2, 0.12 off of Paul uh, in fifth place at 171.88. Nico LaCastro is in sixth. Luke Humphreys, seventh. Joel Freeman, eighth, James Conrad, ninth, and Kevin Jones rounds out the top 10 in I, points. I think Nico LaCastro might be the most underrated player right now. I would agree. It's, it's because pretty, he's back to Gateway. Well, it's because the, yeah, dude, the name is such a, all over the place, man. The name's <laughs> such a household name, but he's never like, uh, he never is in the Ricky, Calvin, Paul, Chris well, conversation, yeah. but he's also not one of the like surprising the breakout is, players. People, when, when people got into disc golf, like a lot of the people nowadays, like they've only seen kind of like the publicly shamed side of Nico. But like when I got into disc golf, Nico was that guy. Like he was like one of the best players in the world. Yeah. And he still is. But like he was like, that's what he, he wasn't known for anything other than just being really He didn't have any golf. controversy yeah. around him. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll kind of go with the surrounding 32nd place right now. Uh, we have Bradley Williams in 29th, tied with Garrett Gerthy, but they have Garrett Gerthy in, or no, he's not tied, sorry, he's 0.5 clear of Garrett Gerthy in 30th. Lori Lettinen is in 31st. Alden Harris is currently on the cut line at 59.58 points in 32nd. Then Isaac Robinson is the next one up at 33rd. Noah Mansma at 34th. And GT Hancock is sitting in 35th right now. What a name. Uh, so that's kind of your players in the bubble. Uh, players that you might be surprised are below, as of right now, not making the cut. Andrew Marweed, Colton Montgomery, Andrew Presnell. Uh, let's see if there's anyone. Matty O right now. Uh, Brody Smith right now. Nate Sexton. Uh, Eagle McMahon currently, because he hasn't played much. That yeah. should change, but for right now, Anthony Barella, same type of scenario. Um, so if the pro tour finale happened right now, all those players would miss the cut, but obviously there's a lot, a lot of season left, but for Eagle, I mean, one thing to note is he's basically out of winning the pro tour points. I would almost be confident saying, let me find him again. I mean, you have to do a lot of winning. Eagle McMahon's at 28.5 points currently and Ricky's at 218 points currently, but you do have to remember that anybody cares about winning the pro tour. There's certain drops and stuff like that i feel yeah. like that there's a lot of potential in this point standing i think points are thrilling maybe it's because i've been getting no, into f1 i here's, i would be thrilled with them if it was like the winner wins fifty thousand dollars there should definitely be some type of uh there needs to be a bonus 
Because I, I assume there is some. Because right of now bonus, it's like it's here, big. let's go ahead and toss you a bye week, and that bye week is actually probably going to make sure that you don't win the finale because typically the guys that win it don't have yeah. the buys. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so true. that's very true. It's like right right now, I, right now it's like winning individual tournaments is all that matters. Yeah. So like, what the points? But if you, I love points. I, I do too. I, I think if you make that like, if you make that points now, it is going to matter actually though playoffs. Well, it's only going to matter if you make the playoffs. You don't make the playoffs, right? That's what, but so like it won't but matter. But that's at least like top hundred and then top. But no, 60. it should. Yeah, and it's it's what it comes down to. It's why I think they should do the head start thing with the finale so that points matter. Like yeah, they do with the FedEx Cup instead of doing bracket play and just giving bye weeks out, or at least at the very least, just give the give the winner like twenty five thousand dollars or something to where like it's a big deal. Yeah. Let's make points because it's deal. a lot harder to win. Like they give out the huge purse for the finale, but it's a heck of a lot harder to win the point standings than it is, than it is to win the finale. Like yeah. way harder. Yeah, that's what's tough about the current. Like the current, it's a weird line because the current finale format it's is fun. very exciting. It just doesn't reward the best, but it player. doesn't reward the player who had the best yeah. season because it, it almost penalizes them yeah. because you don't get the other players are getting tournament against, experience and momentum yeah. for several days to where mental side of disc golf is such a big thing. That when you're leading day after day and you're able to just keep getting through, you feel like you're winning yeah. day after day. And then the players who come in the final two days, they're just sitting on the sideline watching it and then they're getting yeah. thrown into it's a tournament. It's like jumping into a wave right as it's crashing on you. Like, yeah. It's... It just sets them up for failure right. in a lot of ways. And I, lo- I enjoy watching the finale. I have a lot no, of fun watching it. It's so it, much fun. It just doesn't finish out the season the way it probably should. Yeah. It should be like an exhibition thing that happens at some point. Yeah, and it's yeah, but it's it's tough. I mean, yeah, because like at the, the way I would like it is if and this is the way they do the FedEx Cup now, and they 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 do this for a reason. Is like if you are in first place in the standings, you get this many strokes head start, and then so on. It just goes down the list. So, so then players can still win from behind very just, very easily. Yeah, very it just easily. gives you get rewarded for yeah. being in for playing good all season yeah i just like points because points are so exciting to keep up with throughout the entire season um and it gives you something to root for as well uh we do have to keep in in mind that there are drops and stuff that happen so where eagle hasn't played a lot in the beginning of the season he plays a ton in the back end of the season he's gonna have just as many events that are tied in as ricky so it's not just a straight up thing just hoping Um, eagle gets back this season yeah that we still haven't heard the update on his shoulder yet uh, this weekend though, there is the open at Tallahassee, pretty bad weekend for it. Um, kind of unfortunate for the Tallahassee area more or less just because it's a, it's a tough decision for players to decide to go to the open at Tallahassee and you're basically forfeiting an extra week of major prep. Well, right. And also instead of just driving across to Augusta, you're now having to drive all the way down or fly down. Yeah, and to then Tallahassee and then back so, up. So, like, nobody's going to do yeah, that. Yeah, because the Open at Tallahassee ends on Sunday, uh, and then you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tournament prep. If you were to do it for the first major yeah. of the year, most players are electing not to play the Open at Tallahassee, get down to Augusta uh, earlier, and just prep out. Because WR Jackson's a tough course. It's yeah. a course you want a lot of reps on. Major advantage to any player that has, like, a van or an RV because getting housing... In Augusta right now, you know what people do in Augusta? People that like are locals there, they all leave Augusta for that weekend just so they can rent their house for like twenty thousand dollars for the weekend. Yeah, like for insane the masters. amounts of money. Like they all just abandon ship, rent their houses out. So that place is crazy. That's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be chaotic. Yeah, because the Masters is this weekend. Yep, 
So it'll, it'll be cleared out by the time the Masters, the Champions Cup comes around. Yeah. But when they are arriving, the, yeah, it's like, going to be very hard yeah, to figure gonna, out. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, even RVs are going to probably be parked. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It'll be. Whole, now it is a little bit northern. It's like North Augusta yeah. and Appling, you'll, Appling you'll Georgia. You'll feel it though. But it, it overflows yeah, into that area for you'll sure. Feel it. Because um, we've had nationals there like the week before, or week after. We had an at nationals there the week, it was like the first time the LPGA got to play Augusta. Yeah. Um, and it happened like the week before, the week after. It was the week we were there. And it was busted. Uh, there were several teams that weren't able to get hotels because it was booked out. Yeah. And that, was, that wasn't for the Masters. That was for like a, a different event that was just happening well, right. going and on like there. The par three and stuff and all the stuff that goes par on. Par three's the, on Wednesday. Yeah. Like yeah. all of it happens early. Um, but it is something where players are measuring what's important because if you're a player who wants pro tour points, this is one of the best chances to get them. Uh, the field yeah. again, there are some strong players there, but the overall field is extremely weak who, when you look all is, the way down. Is our best player Kevin Jones? Well, that's the thing too is you. It's tough to know who's actually going to be Kevin there. Kevin Jones, good. Uh, that's yes. That's the real question. Good, yes. But Kevin uh, Jones is going to win. I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's according to yeah, my prophetic dream. Well, dream. yeah, it's just interesting <laughs> as to like who will actually show up. Well, yeah, because Paul was registered at one point. Yeah, and Brody was registered at one point. I can't spell Tallahassee to save That's my a life. That's a heck of a word. If you had a gun to my head right now and you said spell Tallahassee, I wouldn't. Okay. You just refuse to even try? I would refuse to try. Just <laughs> okay. say, do it. T-A-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I was like, where are we going? What did you spell? You made a Mississippi it was, joke. I was, it was making oh. this joke about Mississippi. Uh, right now, Matteo, Gannon Burr, Nico LaCastro, Mason Ford, Cameron Cole Glazer, Garrett Gerthy, and then we're outside top Here's the 1030s. thing, though. What I will say is those names you just listed, like, I'm down to watch a little final round action. No, no, it'll be a fun tournament to watch. Yeah. And it's something where, like, we might a player... See some different names. I mean, Gannon's player, legit. Like, we Yeah, can't now, forget. again, we have to assume they're actually going to play. Yeah, Gannon and Nico are both legit. And but so is Mason. the biggest thing to tell the strength of the field is you scroll down, and there's so many players under 1,000 rated that are there. Like so many, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ha- over half the field, I think it's got to be close. Close to half the field is under a thousand rated. That's how you know it's a really weak it's field like this the year. Fake Texas State's field. Um, Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Second, the secondary the Texas, second State. Texas State. That was funny. So random. Um, and the, it's pretty similar for FPO. There's some notable players there, but uh, Sarah Hokum, Valley Mandahano, Kona Panis. It's gonna be a tough tournament to win still, but there's a lot of chances for points to go around. Yeah. Uh, but again, the Silver Series doesn't have as many points that happen, so it'll be interesting. We're not going to make predictions because, again, we don't actually know who's going to end up showing up because, like, there could be a lot of players registered. Kevin Jones isn't there. Not there. Um, but came. a lot of players are registered that you don't know, are they actually showing up, are they not? Um, so I'd, we can make predictions if y'all want to say who wins, well, but uh, there's a solid chance. Here's what I'll say. Then. It's like you picked Ricky last week and Ricky wasn't there. If Nico gotcha. is there, Nico wins. I think Matteo's got a good chance. Okay. And I would say Val is Valley Mandahano. If Val's there, she wins. Yeah. I think Valley Mandahano, I agree with handily. that. Handily. I don't she know if I'd have, say handily, she but. She should have no problems with that field. Um, yeah. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Matteo and Val, assuming they're there. If Kevin's there, Kevin wins. Kevin's, Kevin's not, not even on the list. Not even on the oh. list. But hey, you stick with <laughs> it. Just, so I, I like say. it. If Kevin's there, Kevin well, wins. Yeah, it doesn't make your statement not no, true. No, if, if Kevin's there, there yeah. Kevin wins. I mean, yeah. I'm right. Yeah, I, gu- I guarantee you I will be right. Okay. If Kevin's there, Kevin, I, Kevin Jones, please just show up. Yeah. Uh, the other tournament that's going down is the actual first major of the year. College Disc Golf Nationals is coming up this weekend. Yeah, the actual first major. Uh, super exciting time for the future of our sport. Um, I do think there's going to be coverage of the tournament. Uh, I forget where I heard that. I heard that they modified all the courses. Really? Apparently, the course that they're 
that the uh, Champ Flight, or a D1, as they now call it, the D1 singles yeah. course is apparently like, you, you just wouldn't even want to play it. It's really? that hard, apparently. Heck yeah, love that. <laughs> so just sign me right up for that. Uh, so personally, wow, there goes my voice. Apparently. So personally, I think that Clemson and Ferris both have a really good shot at the title this year. They aren't the highest ranked team. Um, but Brendan Tetloff, lose? Brendan Tetloff from Ferris, if he shows up and plays nationals, he's by far my pick to win individual. We'll see if he actually ends up being able to play. Uh, he has a lot of experience and can lead that team. Clemson's always solid. Um, but Missouri and Texas are the one two, so they've mm. obviously both had solid years. Interesting. Rolling in on the women's side, it's so side, hard to know like what the Midwest teams are like. Yeah, and the West Coast teams as well. Yeah. Uh, Oregon, I believe, will be there as well. Um, on the women's side, it's really tough to know what'll happen because I've seen the co- college disc golf's apparently kind of flip flopped on their rules when it comes to the women's side, and so some teams are having to scramble. For instance, Virginia Tech is the number two team in the nation. They have the number one player in the nation at Rebe- with Rebecca. And but she was a single player team, and for nationals they originally were going to let that happen and say, for doubles you just have to play by yourself and that that's your disadvantage, which that's a huge disadvantage. Uh, yeah. But then they changed the rules and said you have to field a two person team now, um, and so it made Rebecca have to scramble and find a, another she just partner. Somebody to stand yeah, in. Literally, she was like, I, I we shared her post on that's so, um, Instagram. You know, I would like just find your best friend. And just drop she, a disc she in front found of you. someone who like never really played disc golf but like she's like it's an all-expense paid trip we could also Nashville. literally just toss the disc in front of you yeah because like she could just play singles yeah <laughs> that is um, so funny and, but I there mean, is a heck, that would be there is apparently there's some other players that are having the same struggle where they're the only women's player on their team yeah. and they can't find another person there are some teams that had three women's players and so originally they were gonna yeah. go two and one and He's, now they're gonna have to go that's two and two play. figure you it just out gotta get your friend to just go drop the disc in front of you that's their shot they pick it up and then you just play singles. but they also have to play singles so it's gonna hurt mm. you. Dang it! Yeah, yeah, but didn't think about that. Yeah. Dang that. Uh, so that's Darn where that's singles, where like man. I'm not. I don't even have a, a clue of what's gonna happen because like a team who was really solid because it's just one person. Like how's that? How's it gonna work? I don't know. So, <laughs> but college disc golf board. nationals is definitely gonna be a fun one to watch if you are interested in that or at least keep up with. We'll try to post about it some on social media as it goes down. We're not gonna be down there um, this year. Been asked that a lot, but. Uh, We'll try to stay informed and be able to keep you up to date next week. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Nothing else I have. Anything y'all want to go over? Nope. Any talking points? No, Nothing? That was a good episode. That was a fun time. So this weekend, open at Tallahassee. Next weekend, is that right? Is next weekend the first major? Yes, sir. Already. Yep. Already at the first major of the year. Next weekend. So next week, we'll have our normal I show. It. I love a four major setup. Yeah, so next week we'll have our normal show on Monday, recapping College Nationals and the Open Tallahassee, and then we'll have a preview show uh, the day before the coverage starts. Tournament starts on Thursday, so on Wednesday we'll have another episode of Grip Lock doing a major preview, first major of the year, and then Sunday for the MPO round. uh, Hopefully we'll be able to get some of the FPO round in as well, but it is Easter Sunday, so... um, I mean, thanks a lot, Pro Tour. Yeah, kind of tough, kind of tough there because FPO is going to be going on while you know most people are at church on Easter Sunday. Um, but we'll do what well, we're going to hope to do. We're going to do a companion stream. We're going to hope to be able to catch the ending of FPO and then the full MPO round. Um, if you haven't watched our companion stream, we did one for Worlds last year. 
Basically, we'll just crazy. have some pizza, sit down, watch it, and then you can just turn us on on your you know laptop or turn us on on your phone and have the coverage going on, on your TV or something like that. And it's like you're watching the coverage with us. We'll be engaging in the chat. We'll probably have some side bets going on like we did last year. Um, and yeah, it should be just a good time watching some disc golf and hanging out with everyone. So be sure to tune into that. That'll be on our, we'll be on this channel. The pain stream? Yeah. Or no, main, channel. On the main channel. Be on the main channel. Companion stream will be on the main channel. So be sure to tune into that. We'll post more about the times we're going live and all of that kind of once we get closer to the event, but all that'll be happening next week. Um, other than that, we'll talk to you all again on Monday. <laughs>